This film is lit. The podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. Exhibit A in the case that problematic art can still be incredibly well-crafted. It's blue is the warmest color, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to this film. It's like the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. Our schedule has been a little erratic lately for lots of different reasons. Um, but we did not have a prequel episode, so we're sorry we missed you on that one. Uh, and our last episode published, we published it. We've published it a few days. A late. few days later than normal, um, due to extenuating circumstances, which you've all heard us talk about at length. Katie, talking about blue is the warmest color. Blue is the warmest color today, uh, which is a graphic novel. Uh, why are we doing blue is the warmest color? Or what's one of the reasons we're doing blue is the warmest color? It's Pride Month, right? Yeah, this is a yeah. uh, Pride Month pick. Yeah. yeah. So it is Pride Month, uh, so we wanted to highlight a piece of literature that focuses on uh, those stories. How successful it is, we'll get into. We'll try to get into. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to talk about Blue is the Warmest Color. Uh, it is available on Netflix, uh, but, but in case you haven't watched it or read the graphic novel, we're going to give you a quick summary. Let me explain. There is too much. Let me sum up. French high school student Clementine meets Emma, an intriguing young woman with blue hair. They fall in love, engaging in a tender but often tempestuous affair due to both their own shortcomings and pressures from the world around them. Okay, so that's the graphic novel. Uh, I would say that's also the book or the movie. Pretty it's much. pretty vague, yeah. Um, the main reason is if you haven't seen the movie, um, it is not a lot going on in terms of like a plot, quote unquote. Yeah. This is a, a story. Uh, it's a slice of life. It's um, It takes place over like 10 years or something like that, um, which is kind of hard to tell when you're watching the film, mm -hmm. uh, unless you kind of figure out right, based on what some people say here and there. Because the and some hairstyles change, but they don't look the act. The characters don't look particularly different over the course of ten years. At least I didn't think. I so. didn't know. I, I mean, their hair that. changes, yeah, but, but they don't look ten years older. And I know it's it can be you know there's not a huge change from seventeen to twenty seven, but there's some change, and there was <laughs> not in this uh, in the movie. Um, but I would say that is an accurate uh, or uh, a close enough uh, summary of. What happens in the movie as well. I don't know if there's really anything to add other than what the stuff we're going to discuss in was that in the book and moving forward throughout the rest of the episode. So I'm just going to let that one stand on its own. We do not have Guess Who this week uh, because it's a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could show me pictures, but I can see the cover and I assume that's Emma. Yes. <laughs> Which you've posted several pictures of the cover on uh, on our social media. And it's a it's a it's a woman with blue hair, so safe guess. Um, but yeah, we don't have uh, we don't have guess who, but we do have. Is that in the book? 
Nicolas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? All right, I have a fair amount of questions. Um, I don't know how loose or accurate of a an adaptation this is. When I started doing a little bit of research for the prequel episode that we never ended up recording and putting out, uh, from what I had heard is that the director slash writer was already thinking and working on a story similar to this and mm-hmm. then found this graphic novel and decided to morph his previous, take his previous ideas and use this as like the framework for it, supposedly. Interesting. Supposedly. Um, and so... Again, I don't know how similar or different it is, so I have lots of questions. Um, this is the second time I've seen the movie. We watched it years ago, when it, I think when it first came on Netflix. It's been, it came out in 2013, and I believe it's been on Netflix since like 2016 or something like mm-hmm. that. Been on there for quite a while. Uh, and I had heard it won the Palme d'Or and stuff, which is the big award it uh, can. And so we, we checked it out. Uh, and it's it's a very good movie, but we'll get into the details, in my opinion. First question, the teacher, uh, this is a weird little, little thing, and I just I just want to discuss it, but I also want to know if it's in the book. Um, the, book the movie opens, and it's uh, um, Adele, who's the name of the character in the movie, which is apparently Clementine in the book. Yes. Okay. Her name's Adele in the movie, and she's in a high school like literature class, and she's reading, and the teacher critiques her reading and has her read it oh it's not her it's a different woman i think but has somebody's reading a woman mm-hmm. is reading and he he has her stop and start again and he tells her to like read it her truth as a woman or something and then i realized it was like a lit class and not like a drama class yeah and i was very confused because i've never in my life i don't think seen an english or you know a lit teacher like critique the way a student like the delivery of their yeah <laughs> of their reading in a lit class i thought was very strange um was that some a, a scene from the book there's never a scene in the book where they take turns reading and the teacher does not critique anyone because that scene does not happen i agree that this was a really odd thing maybe this is french Or maybe the teacher was also just the drama teacher. Yeah, maybe. I mean... I guess I could see that, like, if it's, like, somebody who doubled duties as, like, a drama teacher. Our drama teacher pulled double duty as, like, a regular, like, English or lit teacher, but that might just be an American public school thing. I don't know. Um, I thought it was made even more odd by the fact that it's a male teacher, like, criticizing this young girl about how she's vocalizing the passage about her truth as a woman. Yeah. Maybe that's a metaphor for the movie in general. I think, so, I don't, this is way too much to get into right off the bat, but I don't disagree (laughs) when I read that you wrote that, because I I thought the same thing about a moment later in the film. Uh, Several things. This, This film is very meta, yeah, and it so this movie has received a fair amount of criticism. Uh, it, well, it won a ton of awards and was very critically well received when it came out. I think in in a sort of um, yeah, I think since the initial since reception. the initial wave, it has uh, sort of critical analysis and feminist analysis uh, and queer analysis of the film has not been quite as kind as the initial yeah. sort of uh, critics were to the film, uh, and we're discuss some of that to the extent that we can over the course of the episode, but. That is something that I thought was interesting upon thinking about it and watching the film is that I think some of that 
the 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 this male teacher discussing how the how this girl uh, speaks her truth as a woman and critiquing it um i think the director recognized at least a little bit the irony of him making this movie mm-hmm. and infused a little bit of that into the movie i think it, it now so we're not going to go into a whole bunch of detail about like supposedly there's lots of stories about how this working on this film was a nightmare and that this director is an asshole um, and kind of a jerk and and it was not great uh, like uh, the, the the working conditions were not fantastic for people I have some weird or specific details about like what kind of shoot it was in the odds and ends later but this moment with that when you mentioned that it's a male teacher saying that to a girl made me think about that. Cause there's another moment later where there's a male party goer discussing feminine um, or f- uh, female uh, pleasure mm-hmm. that also felt very self deprecating in terms of what the, like the director and writer chose to put this scene in the movie. And it's this guy like bloviating about, we'll get to it. But so uh, those things made me wonder if maybe the director isn't at least a little self-aware in that regard. A little. I could be wrong, but... I feel like maybe he is maybe a little bit self-aware. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe. Um, I'm not saying it, like, makes up for other issues in the film. Oh, no, I absolutely don't think he should get a cookie for that. No, no, no. I think if you're self-aware, that means that you pass the project along to somebody who's better suited to it. I don't disagree. I, I think it is just interesting... And sort of meta that that and so, uh, several other elements of the film that we'll get into, but it, it is it is sort of interesting. Okay, uh, next question: Is there a focus on food? Because this movie I had forgotten has lots of scenes of people eating, and it's a big part of the movie. And uh, I just wanted to know if that was informed by the book, or if that's something the director slash writer and and whatnot chose to infuse. No, there is not a focus on food in the okay. book. Uh, there is. Uh, spaghetti bolognese. I don't know how to say it. Bolognese. Bolognese. There is spaghetti bolognese okay. in the book, so they nailed that. But okay. there's not a focus on food. Like there who is eats the spaghetti bolognese in the, in the, in the book? Um, it is Adele's family. I'm okay. just gonna call her Adele throughout yeah. the episode, even though she it's was Clementine in the book. Yeah. Okay. Um, that'll make it easier for us because yeah. I know her as Adele. So, and most of the viewers or yeah. listeners will, if they watch the movie. Okay, because uh, it's an interesting thing in the movie that the movie does throughout the course of it because one of the major themes in the movie is class and one of the ways that is depicted throughout the course of the film is by the food that different people eat um, and how they eat and that sort of thing. And again, I was wondering if that was something that was inspired by the book, but sounds like not really. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe one of the dishes was at least pulled from the book. Does she first see... So Adele in the movie first sees Emma... Uh, she's walking home from school, I believe, and uh, she's at a crosswalk. She's at a literal crossroads in her life, <laughs> and she sees Emma with her blue hair uh, at the other side of the crosswalk. Is that the first moment that Adele sees Emma in the in the book? Yes, that scene is very similar to what happens in the book. I would put that under the movie Nailed It. Okay, yeah, because I thought that was... it's. It was funny when we were watching this movie is that sometimes this movie is incredibly subtle and what and like layered and like rich in its symbolism and other mm-hmm. times it's very on the nose. Yeah. In a very like in a way that feels very French cinema to me. Um, not that I've seen a ton, but it just feels like sometimes the symbolism is like 
oh, it's like, ooh, you got to let it wash over you and absorb it. And other times it's like getting hit by a truck. You got a crosswalk, guys. You said a crosswalk. You get it? So get you it? get it? You get You get it? Okay. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, yeah. So I, it felt to me, though, like a specific thing that might have been from the book. And then, does she then subsequently start to realize, because her and her friends in the beginning of the movie, they're discussing boys a lot and about who's dating who and oh, Thomas is this guy, Tomas, I believe, that's how you would say it in French, uh, is this guy at school that is into her, and they, like, talk about it. And at this point in the movie, she has not slept with him yet. But um, she has this fantasy about Emma, or, yeah, Emma, mm-hmm. um, while, she's, while she's, like, laying in bed one night. And this is, like, the thing that makes her start to realize that maybe she's into women as well. <laughs> Is that yes. is that sort of what kicks it off? Yeah, the... she does have a fantasy, uh, a wet dream, if you will, about Emma. Um, although the book it's less of a wet her, dream yeah, in the movie. Yeah, it's more of an active masturbatorial experience. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, the book does show her as being like more confused and kind of upset about it initially than I think the movie does. Yeah. Oh, okay, so she's not. She's a little less sure. That, I mean, the movie plays with that. Her being uncomfortable a little bit with yeah this side of her sexuality and sort of not sure what to do about it, uh, especially as we get introduced to some other characters moving forward. But she goes on after this to eventually have sex with Tomas, who's the uh, the boy who was uh, her and her friends were talking about at lunch earlier in the film. Um, and they in the movie they have sex, and it's very apparent during the scene that she's not particularly into it Mm -hmm. um which not even necessarily reflective on the fact that it's a dude but could just be that it's a high school dude (laughs) having sex in high school is a nightmare but um uh but she sort of you you get the vibe very quickly and she sort of seems to realize in this scene that she's this isn't doing it for her Mm -hmm. uh is that scene in the book um, she actually does not have sex with Tomas in the book. There is a scene where they're going to have sex. They're, like, about to, and she ultimately can't do it and, like, puts all her clothes back on and mm. leaves. And I actually had this change under better in the movie because I felt like it was more impactful to show her sleeping with him yeah. and then, like, clearly not being super into it or, like, having that obvious regret. Yeah. Yeah, and it, but it, and it, at least in this regard, I, I think it's a good change. And also, it's nice in the movie that it's not something she feel you don't feel like she's coerced into. She's very clearly wants to sleep with this dude. Yeah, but like partially to see, like, how do I do? I actually like you can tell she's not sure, but she's like, oh, we'll give it a go. We'll give it the old college try <laughs> and see uh, if I like uh, dicks and eh, a little, maybe not this one. I don't know. <laughs> it gets uh, complicated later in the film. Which we'll get to. So the, I thought it was interesting. We see uh, sort of timely a little bit. Um, we see uh, Adele go to a protest in the film. Uh, it is in particular a labor protest of some sort. Um, the French love a good protest. Uh, good for them. Appreciate they've been doing it for hundreds of years, and they're they it's, just it's part it's, of their culture. It's like every Saturday they go out and have a protest <laughs> or something. Uh, in this particular one, they're talking about some sort of labor rights and edu- money for education and it's see it seems to be some sort of generic lefty like mm-hmm. labor sort of um protest uh we don't go into you know there's no explicit details of what it is um but i thought it was interesting uh, and i thought it was other another good little short vignette sort of scene exploring adele's character and also it, a good little scene in a coming of age tale 
you know, going to a protest and being part of a movement and that sort of thing. I thought was interesting. Um, and it looks, some of the footage actually looked like it may have just filmed it at an actual protest potentially, mm-hmm. which wouldn't surprise me because <laughs> again, yeah. they do them every couple weeks there yeah. or whatever, but I, I know it's not totally accurate, but, um, is that scene from the book? Yes, there are scenes where she and her friends take part in protests. Are they like labor protests or is it... They're kind of similar, like... Generic, generic like left-leaning. Yeah, like they talk about like workers' rights and like education and... Yeah. Okay, so same thing in the movie where... Yeah. Yeah, it's some sort of uh, lefty protest. Uh, following on to that, speaking of labor protests and... and uh, and that sort of thing is there a focus on class differences in the book because in the film we get a very stark um i think i have another note about it later yeah i have another question about it later in relation to their parents or uh, each of their parents but we have several different um times throughout the course of the film where adele is part of a a lower class she's like a working class mm-hmm. family her parents are both like laborers of some sort uh and she wants to be a laborer and uh emma is her parents come from like education and art the arts and that sort of thing and are a sort of a quote-unquote higher class um family yeah they have like a like a college professor vibe yeah. to yes. her family yeah and uh there's a lot of recurring scenes throughout the film about that difference sparking tension between these two mm-hmm. characters is that a theme in the in the graphic novel um that's not an element in the book i i can see where the screenwriters potentially mind it from because even in the book adele's parents are pretty clearly like blue collar um but it's not something that's present in the original text that kind of class commentary okay at least i didn't get you that didn't get from my read of it, it no but you obviously got noticed it in the film yes yeah so it's <laughs> yeah, it was a very clear theme in yeah. the film yeah okay so adele uh, after she realizes that uh she sleeps with thomas she's not or tomas she's not really into it um and she decides well she doesn't decide she's sitting outside of class after class one day and this girl another girl from class so i don't even know if we ever learn her name walks up and is talking to her uh and talking about how cute this girl that walked by is and uh, you can tell Adele is like unsure of the situation, but like into it. She, it's it's a, it's a very well crafted and acted scene. Um, and ultimately, this girl, this high, this other high school, um, her classmate uh, kisses her, just kind of out of nowhere. And Adele's like, "Uh, oh, okay." Um, and then it moves on. And then the next day, Adele is like sees her and, yeah, and, 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 and tries to kiss her. Adele's like, all right, let's do it. I'm into it. I'm <laughs> super down and kisses her and she's like, nah. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, just a thing. I didn't know you'd be, you know, take it so seriously. I was just whatever. And, and she leaves and we see her like one other time in the film and it's like, that's just a little vignette. Is that, ha- does that happen in the book? Yes, it does. And I thought the movie nailed that scene. Um, the conversation right before they kiss was, almost beat for beat yeah um and then the fallout the next day was also very similar to what happens in the book i thought that scene in the movie the next day where she where adele approaches her and she like spurns her advance basically um and says like that i thought was really realistic felt really realistic and very um very high school yeah and like because and also I thought it did a really good job of expanding the world of the film where this character that we don't know we saw for 
two minutes in the previous scene and now for two minutes we don't know what's going on with her we don't know right. why she kissed her we don't know if she was mad at somebody else or you know we don't know anything about her story but we and can imply and, and sort of guess a lot about what her motivations are and why she, yesterday she was kissed Adele and today she's like no it felt very real and like again it, it it made me feel like the world of the film was larger than our main characters which I think is a really like it, tough thing to accomplish in a film mm-hmm. or can be tough to accomplish in a film um, and some people you, you could also watch that scene and go you know, if you don't, I could see somebody watching it and going, well, what now she's now she doesn't like her. Why? We never find out why she's not interested in her now. Like, why did they not? Why did the movie not talk? Like, I could see that criticism. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that in the context of the film, it just works really well and that they don't tell us because Adele doesn't get to know. Yeah. And so kind of stewing in her like. Like confusion, anxiety, and, and confusion like, yeah. about the whole thing just sits with us because we feel the same thing. We're like, "What? Okay." And I just thought it was really brilliantly well done, uh, and it happens in the book, so cool. Eventually, uh, Adele goes out with her friend, who I cannot remember his name. Um, um, Valentine. Valentine, and him and his friends are going to a gay bar. She wants to come out with them, uh, and then she ends up leaving the gay bar and f- wanders down the street and ends up uh, at a, like a lesbian bar. That's down the street and she walks in and it, the, the scene in particular when she walks in to me is like, I don't know, never been to a lesbian bar, but it it felt like this weird, like, I, I will say this for it. It could be what a 17, 16, 17 year olds, like sort of memory slash, like if a 17 year old walked into a lesbian bar and then was thinking about it, like a budding lesbian at 17 walked into a lesbian bar and then was recollecting it years later, this might be what their memory <laughs> thought it was. But it's just like, there's it's packed to the walls, and it's just girls making out everywhere when yeah. she walks in, and there's like pounding music. And it's like every, at least to me, it seemed like every possible visual stereotype of a lesbian, <laughs> like <laughs> down the line. It, it, I, again, I, I just thought it was interesting. At first, I was like, this seems, I don't know, this doesn't seem realistic. But then I'm like, well, again, we're seeing this from Adele's perspective. Maybe it's not supposed to be, maybe it's supposed to be like this heightened, like almost dreamlike state of what she sort of I mean, sees this experience Honestly, as. that was kind of like the read that I got on it. And I have a note about it. I liked the way that the movie portrayed the tangible difference between the gay club that she was at and then when she goes to the lesbian bar um and it felt to me like more like loaded with intimacy yeah and like it was like warmly lit yeah and like you could tell that she felt at least marginally more comfortable there than she did in the last place and i i did like that the movie drew that tangible difference yeah but i see what you're saying yeah you no, know, I agree. I think of the same thing. I think it is you can see the difference in how comfortable she is there, and that. She, but I think because of, again, I think it's like it's it, it's it's to me it reminded me of like if you if you were filming a kid going like a little kid going it like when they walk into like Toys R Us for the first time. Yeah. And it's like that's not actually what Toys R Us is like. Like what you imagined it like as a little kid. Yeah. But <laughs> I know it's a problematic and reductive way of 
explaining that, but you get my point. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I just thought that was sort of interesting. But is that uh, is it a similar scene in the book when she goes? Yes, in she bar? does leave um, the gay bar that she was at with Valentine, and she does find herself in a lesbian bar. Is it full of just making out everywhere? It's full of women. Okay. <laughs> the thing that stuck out to me is that, like every time she looks in a different corner, there's just like th- tons of people just making out like all over the place, which felt, I don't know, maybe I, I have no idea. Like I said, never been to London <laughs> and maybe a certain time, whatever. Just thought it was, it was just too much making out in a bar for me. That's all I'm saying <laughs> to be realistic. She gets to the bar uh, and this is where she finally runs into Emma again. Um, and Emma's sitting up in the balcony and she sees her at the bar and comes down and sort of, ha- you know, rescues her, quote unquote, from this other woman who's kind of hitting on her at the bar um, and starts talking to her. And uh, they have a an interesting conversation. Uh, and, and Emma sort of notes that something about her, she basically clocks her as being underage mm-hmm. at the bar. Or something like that. It's it's a complex. They have a long. It's a very long scene. Then they have a lot. They talk about art and all kinds of different stuff. So, but one of the things they talk about is her being underage. Uh, and it's, yeah, that's a component of this film that is uh, <laughs> discussion worthy. Um, is that Emma is or Adele is, I think, in the ballpark of sixteen to seventeen mm-hmm. in that range. When they start dating, which she says underage, she says she means underage for a bar. I believe in terms of like the legal age of consent in France is like 16 or like, I think she's like technically not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) I say technically, I think she's of legal consent age according to France's laws. Um, But she's not, I think you have to be 18 to be in a bar, Mm -hmm. like to drink at a bar. So that's what she's saying. I think that's explicitly what she's talking about when she says underage is like underage to be at a bar. But it's still problematic and sort of yikesy. Is that scene in the book? Yes. They have a very similar discussion in the bar about Adele being underage and about her being potentially curious. Okay. I guess we'll just leave that there for now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, So they eventually, uh, they end up talking and then she meets her at school the next day um, or sometime in the future um kind of comes she finds out what school adele goes to after they talk that night and she shows up at the school and they hang out after school one day and in the film emma is an artist we find out she's a fourth year art student or something like that in college and she ends up sketching adele on a park bench and (laughs) that was funny because it was and this more explicitly later it's like the exact same pose even is to draw me like one of your french girls uh, she literally does in this movie draw her like a literal French girl um, because she is <laughs> is the drawing aspect in the movie or in the book. No, Emma never draws Adele. It is mentioned in the book that Emma's in her fourth year of art school, but her being an artist never comes up. We don't see her paint or draw. It's not an element in the story. Okay, because that's actually a major yeah, sort is. of plot part point of the film because it's um, not only does she draw Adele several times, but it's also the uh, catalyst for a lot of some tension between them because mm-hmm. uh, Emma is 
is her frustrated. Art, yeah, her art career. Her art career is the source, of a, is lot the of source of a lot of their tension because she's spending time with other artists doing things and not with Adele, or she's upset because she's trying to get her art in certain galleries and that sort of thing, and that stresses her out, which then you know bubbles over to their relationship and that sort of thing. Um, but that's not apparently a big component of the book. After she hangs out with Emma. Um, after school that one day, uh, her friends are, she's standing outside of school like the next day or whatever. And her friends are there who saw her walk away with this blue haired mystery woman. And, uh, they start asking her about it and they, you know, being very, uh, derogatory and, and talking about Emma and, you know, like, because they saw her with blue hair, they assume she's a lesbian and that sort of thing. And, and so they're, they're like ragging. Adele about like asking her if she's a lesbian and there's like this big fight um and Adele's like denying it and she's there's like a million different characters involved there's like six different like there's like 20 or 30 high school students there but there's like six primary ones who are like are involved in this conversation um and it's to me it's sort of a master class in like tension and realistic dialogue especially in bet- between like lots of characters in a film Mm -hmm. like because there's all these different people talking and they're all talking over each other um it it reminded me of a name shane caruth i can't remember his name there's a filmmaker uh the guy who made primer i think is primer i always get pie and primer confused guy who made primer pretty sure i think his name's shane something but i could be wrong his dialogue does that where in his films where people talk over each other all the time because it's actually how people talk in real life a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um and this movie does a lot of that and it's very realistic to me it can also be a little hard to follow it's easier in this movie at times because we get subtitles as opposed to like having that it's like easier and and harder harder at the same time yeah i thought the exact same thing because you don't know what everybody's saying you're only getting the important parts in the subtitles uh, and, and then you're just hearing yeah. like French and words. And it's also and... <laughs> like not always easy to tell who's talking in a yeah. scene like that, where that, yeah. like you're trying to follow the subtitles, like and look at the and, characters and figure and... out who's talking yeah. and take notes. Which that's I know this, this is one of the hard this ones. Was a rough one. Subtitling, taking notes while you in a movie with subtitles is very difficult because you look down to write a note and then you look up and you don't know what was said in the previous line. Yeah. Whereas when you're watching an English, uh, when we're watching an English speaking movie. You know, we can look down at our notes and still yeah. hear what's going on and being said. But yeah, that was a little tough. But I thought this scene's brilliant, um, and it culminates and there's actually like a fist fight. Adele tries to hit this one friend who's um, being a, a huge jerk. Is that scene in the book? Yes, it is. I initially had that scene under the movie Nailed It because it does happen in the book. Um, but I actually think it's much more visceral and upsetting in the movie. Um, yeah. it's, it's a little bit bigger in the movie. In the book, it's basically just between her and like that one girl who who she was friends with from. She, yeah, she was friends with her, and this girl has now decided, oh, you're a lesbian, and she's super homophobic. Yeah, and oh, you slept in bed with me, and yeah, you know, oh, did you want to sleep with me, and that you know that sort of thing, and yeah, yeah. Um, so it's mainly typical those two homophobic straight girl stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the, it is in the book, um, but I, I did think that the movie elevated it and made yeah. it, it was brilliant. It was also a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's why it's brilliant. It's, yeah, it's it's very good. Um, it's, and and the and the, the direction, at least the, 
the way they incorporated multiple groups of characters. There's like a group of characters. Valentine and his friends are in the back room at the beginning, or in the background at the beginning mm-hmm. of the scene. And like she keeps looking back and saying something to him while she's talking to these other people. And then eventually they come over and join. And then it's like this big chaotic mess. Yeah, it's just, that's it's just a cacophony. A, it's a yeah, and it's it's it felt so real. Like it feels. It's one of those scenes where that kind of confrontation and 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 on on a playground or whatever from high school it felt so well realized in a way that most films do not accomplish mm-hmm. um other films do it in ways that that works and feels you know fine and gets the point across but in terms of like cinema verite um this one really that scene in particular really kind of struck me as like had to be incredibly difficult because they're also all like young actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of them I'm sure aren't like 15. They're probably all like in their early twenties or whatever. Cause like Adele's like 20 when they filmed yeah. this. She's not 16 or 17, but yeah, it, yeah, great scene. Uh, and, uh, somewhat in the book in the movie, Adele makes the move on Emma. She kisses her first. I mean, like actually kisses her. Emma kisses her on the cheek when, like when they leave one day, mm-hmm. but Adele, like leans in and kisses Emma when they're in the park having a picnic. Um, and then immediately go, they go to the bone zone. Uh, well, we assume immediately. We don't actually know because time jumps in this movie. It could have been later, yeah. but we assume it's that evening or whatever. Is that, does Adele make the first move in the book? It's actually not clear who kisses who first in the book. Um, because of the way a graphic novel is set up, we have a frame where they're looking at each other. Oh, yeah. And then the next frame is kissing. them kissing. That makes sense. So who kissed who first? We don't know. Yeah. That's actually interesting. That's kind yeah. of an interesting twist that, that the that the medium of a graphic novel sort of gives you if you want to mm-hmm. do that. Um, you could also... There's ways you could make it clear with like oh, mo- oh, movement definitely. panels and that yeah. sort of thing. But uh, that is an interesting idea that you can... If you want it to be vague. Yeah, you can you just can, leave that information You can out. do it in film. Yeah. It's possible in film. You know, you show them looking at each other and then cut to them, like, in a different room making out. Then we don't know. Mm-hmm. You can do a similar thing, but, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, do um, they go immediately to the bone zone? They do move immediately <laughs> into sex. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sex, let's talk about sex. <laughs> Um, so in case it wasn't clear at the beginning of this, this is an incredibly explicit movie. Uh, it's it's rated NC-17, which mm-hmm. is the highest like possible um, rating thing that's not just like, this is porn. It's the only rating that's not, this is porn, that a film can get. Uh, and this film is borderline porn at times. I, I mean, you could say it. I, arguably, you could say it is essentially porn for a little bit here in this scene. Uh I think the scene in particular. Yeah, and we'll discuss some of the, the details of that. But uh, there's this incredibly long sex scene in this movie. We looked at the time afterwards to see, because we weren't sure. We're like, it had to be over five minutes, but probably less than ten minutes. Probably, but we weren't positive. I looked, and it looks to me like it's around six and a half to seven minutes of nonstop sex. I, it <laughs> felt like 15 minutes. It did feel me, like 15 like minutes. It. Felt like forever. So there's this huge marathon sex session uh, with Adele and 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 Emma, um, and I think part of the reason the movie focuses and spends so much time on it, if I'm looking at it in a vacuum, I think the reason this movie is spending so much time on it 
is if here's what I'll say. If you ask the director to defend why is this sex scene, <laughs> I'll say it that way. If you ask the director to defend why is this sex scene seven minutes long, here's what I think the director would say is that it's supposed to indicate one, how like right, quote unquote, this lovemaking is versus mm-hmm. with Tomas earlier in the film. We see her in intense pleasure mm-hmm. and very clearly, thoroughly enjoying herself. Um, and also, I think the sort of French idea of like, I think the, that's the main aspect of it. I think that would be the primary point like of this scene. And I think that's the point of what we're supposed to get out of it. Like mm-hmm. that's that's like the thing. And now I think we could argue that you can get that out of it with a half as long of a sex scene, probably, if you know. But I think that's part of it. I also think part of it is because this is sort of a cinema verite. And I keep saying that phrase and I, I, I didn't look it up beforehand. Um, I know it's a phrase I remember from film class years ago, but uh, it is it's it's a a film that is trying to capture real life as accurately as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it doesn't have sort of the heightened like movie type things that most movies have. And I think in general, this movie does achieve that. It is very much it's one of the more realistic feeling films in terms of how people react how scenes play out, how people talk, how people talk over each other. There aren't like big dramatic like lines, you know, that like feel very much pre-written. Usually, mm-hmm. Like in general, people talk like normal humans do. Um, and so I think the other defense that, the, that a director might make for why it's seven minutes long is because sex is a vital and important part of human life for some people. And for those people who it is important for, and for those people who enjoy sex, depicting that on film as a joyous, like, a beautiful thing is, like, something that films should do. I would think would be, like, if I was a director trying to defend, I wouldn't make the scene seven minutes long, but I, I could see a director trying to defend that in that way. Where was I going with this? Um, <laughs> oh, I still think it's a little excessive. <laughs> yeah. I still think this particular scene is a little excessive because I don't know. Did you feel the same way? I mean, I know yeah, you felt yeah, the same way. The we same discussed way. this for a yeah. while, but before we started recording, but um, like I enjoy sex. I'm very pro sex. Um, I'm pro sex work. I'm pro pornography. I, you know, I super, super down with all that stuff and all, but all that being said, I still feel like that scene is a little excessive for the what we're trying to get out of it in this movie. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, and now that's this is all before I even take into any of the context of what we know about the people starring in the film, what they've said, what we know about the director and the conditions on the set and all that sort of stuff. And, and on top of that, the sort of weird male gaziness that we get throughout the course of this film. Um, that very clearly is comes in through the director uh, of this film. Ignoring all that, it's even still a little excessive, in my opinion, because we can still, I think you, in, in four minutes, you can still capture everything about this scene that we need from it for the film, including how beautiful and wonderful sex can be and say la vie and blah, 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 French things. <laughs> Without it being seven minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> My point is, all of this is to ask, was that marathon sex session in the book? Uh, we're going to get, well, this is where we're just going to discuss sort of all of this right is right now. But, right. 
So this is complicated. Yeah. So the book is a 150-page graphic novel versus a three-hour film. Yeah. So obviously, one of these mediums is engaging in more economical storytelling. There are sex scenes in the book, but they're generally accomplished via a handful of very deliberate frames. Yeah. And if I'm being honest, I prefer that. I would put it under better in the book. I'm pro-sex, pro-sex work, pro-porn too, and I, I get the motivation behind the idea of trying to consider like how we would feel about the scene if we could look at it in a vacuum absent of any context. I think that is an interesting and valid way to look at art. To at least consider it. To at least consider it. But I don't think we really can, and I don't know if we should. Yeah, I think that's right. I I think the fact that this is ostensibly a lesbian coming-of-age story directed by a man and starring two women who are not lesbians is pretty vitally important to our read of it. Which not that's and that's not even touching on what the actresses have had to say about the director following yeah. filming, yeah. which I also consider vitally important <laughs> yeah. to our read on it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I think I would say that it seems like Adele's it's a lesbian or bisexual coming of age story, at least in the film. Mm-hmm. And this is a question I I don't know if I asked, but you later didn't. is that what did I? You did not. I didn't. Um, and I'll just ask it right now because in the film, uh, Adele ends up in a relationship, kind of with um, a, a co-teacher, mm-hmm. um, and and now I guess it's. <laughs> It's never completely like clear in the film if that's because she's actually into this dude or if it's purely just her like r- sort of um, acting out against what she feels as like uh, abandonment from Emma or if she's actually into this dude. But it seems like she's potentially into this dude. Mm-hmm. Like in the film, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, no, I, I don't even know if I ever knew yeah, his name. I don't know name. if they said his name, but her other her colleague who's a teacher... Um, and then also there's some chemistry at times with that other guy w- when the movie ends. The mm-hmm. uh, don't know his name either. Uh, who's an actor mm-hmm. who we meet in the film, and it's and there's like an implication that maybe who knows with them. Um, but regardless, it, that doesn't change the perspective of what we assume from what we have read and been able to find a, a cis straight d- male director yeah. writing and directing a story about uh, queer women is not. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it colors everything in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's kind of my point is that like I don't. While I think it is potentially interesting to consider how we would feel about it in a vacuum, I don't know if it's worth our time. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, it's 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 the thing that I thought a lot about because. I, I, it was a thing that I felt a very stark and sort of like cognitive, a very stark cognitive cognitive dissonance about was this feelings as I'm watching that scene that this feels excessive and uh, why is this scene seven minutes long? Like it it just feels weird. And then also like being a very pro sex pro sex work 
person. Like, ethically and morally, I'm very pro-sex work and pornography and all that sort of stuff. I think it's all, and, and sex in general is all a very natural part of life, for again, for people who are interested in that. And, and, and there are plenty of people who aren't, and that's, you know, totally awesome, too. But for people who it is an important part of their life, I think it should be a very valid and normal and acceptable thing to depict in film. Mm-hmm. And and at length potentially, and I don't think there necessarily has to be this stark contrast between what is quote unquote pornography and what is quote unquote cinema. Mm-hmm. Like there there are different things for different purposes, obviously, but I don't think it should necessarily be the case that if this movie has a six seven minute sex scene in it that is rather explicit, that that necessarily is like lewd in some way or like makes it and now again the context of this film notwithstanding i like i understand everything about this film makes that different but th- that was what the struggle that i was having watching the scene and why i found it interesting to talk about but i feel like maybe the better way to approach your consideration of a scene like this is investigating your feelings on it not so much from the perspective of like trying to figure out what the director was trying to accomplish because fuck that guy right quite frankly yeah sure um but maybe just examining within yourself like why am i uncomfortable with this right am i uncomfortable with it because i have this context of who the director is am i uncomfortable with it because it is so long and i'm not used to that am i uncomfortable with it because it's depicting queer sex you know there's a multitude of reasons that someone raised in a society such as where where we live um might be uncomfortable with this scene and i do think it is worth our time to investigate why we might be feeling discomfort with it I agree. I absolutely agree. But I don't think that we should have to take this approach of like, well, what are some other reasons that maybe the director wanted to do this? No. Well, no, not in this particular instance. I, again, I think it's, yeah, I think it's an interesting, I think it's a valid thing when watching a movie to consider, but also obviously not, you shouldn't be the only thing you consider. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to consider the context and everything else going on, um, and I and I think that's fair. I think, yeah, I I think it's I think I mentioned it earlier, but I think regardless of the context of anything else about the scene, I think it just is unnecessarily long. Yeah, I mean, for what like, it needs to accomplish, from, and from a purely pacing, like, me- yeah, from a purely <laughs> mechanical standpoint, I lost interest. Yeah, it was it was too long. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just too long. And it's it's in a way that doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't continue to give you anything that you you, to gain. Right. Yeah. You don't glean any additional information from past minute three or four. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the, the first few minutes you get. okay, wow, they're super compatible. Look how good their sex is. It's great. This is beautiful. They're beautiful women. This is a beautiful scene. Look at them exploring and enjoying. Okay, it's minute six now. We're we you got we got it. (laughs) We got it now. Like we can move on. Yeah. Um, But also to reach back to your question about Adele's sexuality. Um, oh, I fuck, think I, forgot I, asked I think the movie does sell it a little bit more as 
um, a nebulous thing than the book does. Um, We talked about uh, her encounter with Tomas in the Mm -hmm. book where she can't bring herself to do it. Yeah. She does, I'll just go ahead and answer this question now. She does end up having an affair with a male coworker, but we don't really like, we don't ever see them together. We yeah. don't learn anything about it. Yeah. Um, the character, the other character that she has a flirtation with isn't in the book. Um, in the book, I would read her as being more into women yeah. than I would in the movie. I would read her more into women in the movie too. I yeah. just think that it's it you're ambiguous about whether or not she's actually also into men or if right. that's more of like uh, just it's it's not it, we don't need to quantify it down to like what percentage <laughs> is she into women and what like it's not relevant like you know uh, attraction is a messy complicated thing and it for everybody so right. like it, yeah no but I, my point was I think the movie does I guess leave a little bit of mystery there where the book doesn't really do. Now there is a line in the book where Emma says to, I think Adele's parents, she says a line, like something to the effect of like, she would have, she still would have fallen in love with me if I had been a man, which to me is like an implication of like a pansexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Which would make sense. Um, but that's just that one line. We yeah. never actually see her actual character yeah. exhibit that at all. We don't see Adele express that. Yeah, or we don't it's see just... Adele express that. Yeah. Um, or, but uh, it is like uh, one line in the book that I thought was interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, getting back, getting off sex for now. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'll come up again because it's a huge component of this film. Going back to class, I thought this was a really interesting. Uh, uh, juxtaposition of scenes is that we have these two dinner scenes in the film where one where Adele goes and has dinner with Emma and her parents and then another one later in the film where Emma goes and has dinner with Adele and her parents um, and and I talked about a little bit earlier that uh, Emma's parents are like the artsy sort of college professory like mm-hmm. you know um, they've got that vibe yeah the white collar type yeah. of liberal pe- arts liberal arts uh, well to do live in yeah. you know the nice part of town that sort of thing um, like the artsy part they of town. They have oysters for dinner. Yeah, they have oysters for dinner. Um, and that's what I want to talk about here. And then when we meet Adele's parents later and they go to dinner is that, you know, they have bolognese and they, they have smaller apartment. It's not quite as nice. Um, and, uh, they're, yeah, they're like blue collar workers. And I thought this juxtaposition of these two scenes in the movie was really interesting because in one, uh, in both scenes, the parents ask the other girl what like what do you want to do like what do you go to school for what's your career that sort of thing and adele tells emma's parents oh i want to be a teacher uh, i really like school i loved i learned a lot when i was in school uh, i really love it and i want to pass that on i want to keep doing that um which is a very noble pursuit and most people would be like oh but <laughs> emma's parents um are you can tell they, they're they're not like outright mean or weird yeah. about it but you can tell again sort of masterfully acted and written that they're they look down their nose at it that it's the the peasants are educators mm-hmm. uh at least in terms of like she wants to be like a, a school teacher yeah like not like oh i want to go teach philosophy like she wants to be a school teacher and uh you know you can tell that they kind of it's like a that they, they consider that like a laborer's job mm-hmm. uh, and they are yeah laborers. it's very much like a oh she doesn't have any ambitions yeah kind of reaction yeah Oh, is it? Oh, is that? Yeah. And then we that gets spun on its head when we get to 
her parents, uh, Adele's parents, and they ask Emma, and she's like, oh, I'm an artist and that sort of thing. And her, and Adele's parents, or specifically dad, talk about, like, oh, but, like, you kind of need a job where you can make money and that sort of thing. Yeah. And because he's... Hard to make a living. As an artist. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I thought it was really interesting and, and well-crafted two scenes. Uh, is that dynamic, in particular, those two scenes with the two, like, very similar reactions for different reasons that parallel um that mirror image is that from the book not in the book at all not a bit of it okay well we talked about earlier that the class dynamic wasn't nearly Mm -mm. as part of a as much of a part of the book so it makes sense that those scenes aren't in there but but they're really really interesting scenes uh speaking of the dinner scene where they're at adele's parents at first we assume that at least in that scene in the movie the way it reads to me is that we assume her parents know that they're dating because they, they're sitting there having dinner and her parents are like, oh, we've been waiting so long to meet you mm-hmm. and we've heard so much about you. And it's all the typical like meeting, meeting, meeting the new significant other yeah. chit chat. Yeah, it's all that stuff. And then but then halfway through the scene, the dad asks Emma what her boyfriend does for a living. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, OK, they don't know. They're just friend like to them there's it's just her friend yeah or whatever which i thought was interesting um is that a, is that scene play out similarly in the in the book adele's parents are similar in the book i mentioned earlier they're like clearly blue collar um pretty clearly like some level of conservative yeah um they don't initially know that adele and emma are together but this is a place where the movie majorly diverges from the book. Now imagine if you will. This kind of similar dinner scene, Emma comes over and then she stays the night. They have sex. Okay. I was, Loudly. I was watching the movie <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop because I thought for sure it was going to drop. Yeah. They have sex and then Emma makes the inexplicable decision to walk down to the kitchen completely nude. Oh. Just completely in the buff. Okay. Walking around in somebody else's house down to the kitchen, middle of the night. So Adele's mom sees her because of course she does. Yeah. Because you don't walk around somebody else's house naked. Nah, never have. Never will. No. <laughs> and Adele's parents throw her out immediately. Like, out, just out into the night, into the street. Oh. Disown her. Wow, okay. Um, which sets the stage for the remainder of Adele's the Adele's parents throw Adele out. Both of them. Both of yes. them, okay. I thought you meant Emma. Out, but both of them. Both of them, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, there's no that that never comes to a head in the film. Mm-mm. They they never are the wiser as far as we know. Yeah, that dinner scene's like the last time we see her parents. Yeah, never see him again. They yeah. just kind of disappear from the movie. Interesting. Yeah, that's huh, that's wild. All right, let's talk about the artist dinner party cuz this scene is fascinating. I legitimately think you could write a doctoral thesis, like a film thesis about this scene. There's so many things going on um so Adele and uh, Emma throw a big party for all of her art, Emma's art friends. Uh, Adele cooks dinner um, and they have a big like patio garden party type thing. And there's so many things going on here. Um, we mentioned it earlier, but the the professor talking over or explaining to the woman how to how to read <laughs> her woman's truth or whatever. 
Uh, and then in this scene, I mentioned this guy who's talking about uh, female sexuality and, and pleasure and all that sort of thing. And he's like holding court with all these women around him. Um, and he's stuffing his face with pasta as he does it. Um, and it, it all feels very, it's very intentional. Um, uh, and then Adele, the, the blue collar sort of intruder mm-hmm. of this situation is there serving everybody all evening. And there's, the, there's also the, I thought that the meta narrative that, that I mentioned earlier of this guy discussing artists in this scene. He, one of the things he mentions is artists, male artists attempting to capture feminine, uh, <laughs> pleasure in their art and how 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 they it's like this lofty impossible goal and that sort of thing and blah 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 which feels very meta and like again a little Mm self-aware um and then there's also the whole thing going on in the background of this scene where uh there's the movie playing and occasionally the camera will change focus and there's several shots of this like old like like it looks like a silent film potentially mm-hmm. playing in the background on this projection screen. And there's a few moments like the first moment Adele sees Emma talking to Lise, who's like her old fling who's at the party and they're like getting little buddy buddy and she sees them and then it cuts back to her. And in the background, the woman in the movie is like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of layers. It's a lot of whole lot going on. This whole, the scene uh, like I said, you could write a thesis about it. It's a brilliant, just so many layers. Uh, it's, it, this is the opposite of getting hit with the sort of like bus of symbolism. But it's just a brilliant scene. Um, and I love everything about it. Is it in the book? That scene is not in the book. Okay. <laughs> also, I wanted to reach through the screen and punch like everyone in that scene. Yeah. During that scene. Yes. Yes. That is another narrative of this film that is really interesting. A meta narrative that I found fascinating is that the, we'll get to it. I have it in my general odds and ends and I I want to be able to look at my notes when I talk about it because I wrote some stuff down, but there's the whole issue of like the, the culture of art artists Mm -hmm. and the the critique of it in this film that is interesting. And I want to talk about a couple more questions. Oh, almost there. Does Emma lose her blue hair after her and Adele have been together for a while? Yes, she does. That feels like a very intentional choice. Yeah. The sheen's off the old apple or whatever. <laughs> That's an old saying, right? <laughs> Isn't that a saying? Uh, I've never the heard that off one, the apple. but it sounds good. It's like, yeah, it's like when you're, you when get an apple yeah, at the grocery store. relationship's it's like, not new yeah. anymore. Maybe it's not. Maybe I combined like uh, apple you off the old have. tree and sheen off the some. I don't know. You might have created a what is the a name? A portmanteau? No, that's um, not an it. aphorism. Is it an is aphorism? Potentially the name of that when you combine two like sayings, like idioms. Or idioms. I don't know. I don't actually know. But she does lose her blue hair. Uh, so again, that's obviously relevant to the sort of a visual signifier of the change in their relationship it is not called an aphorism <laughs> i didn't think it was but i wasn't gonna correct you because i don't have any idea i know there's a word for it though there probably is um i just don't know what it is poor man is when you or poor man is when you is combine com- words combining two words yeah a malifor malifor that's what i was thinking of there you go. um an informal informal term for a mixture of two aphorisms idioms or cliches 
a la we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. Gotcha. Or Sheen's off the old apple or whatever. Or what? Maybe you just invented a new one. I'm pretty sure there's something with the Sheen's off the something. And I thought it was apple, but I just look it up. You got the computer there. Let's just do it in real time. Sheen's off. It's not old apple, the apple or something like that. Apple? Yeah. Anything. Well, not getting anything from that. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I did combine. Maybe I mal- malappropriated or whatever. All right. Uh, I'll figure out what that. What the heck I was trying to. I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Not that for specific thing, but the sheen's off and see if it auto-completes. That's what I just did. Oh, I didn't know you were looking. Oh, I was quoting Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Of course you were. Without even knowing it. Um, it's also an idiom, take the shine off. But mm. what I was thinking of is there's a line in, and it is, is it specifically in relation to relationships? Dr. Cox is talking about uh, relationships, and he says, and bam, the shine's off the apple. And that's when you find out the pretty girl, you something, something, something. Oh, he okay. has a, and he says, the shine's off the apple in relation to, like, again, that once you get past the the sort of glow the of a new relationship yeah well that was i fun. knew i didn't invent it i knew <laughs> there was something about the shine or the sheen off an apple and i knew it. it's dr cox oh boy that's a problematic show when you go back now holy cow <laughs> still great but also problematic all right uh last two questions does adele make out with a fellow teacher we talked about this no but she does have an affair and that messes things up right yes okay she has an affair, which is what directly causes them to break up. Yeah, as it does in the film. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, later on, they meet years later, months later. We're not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. We think years or a year or so later or two. At least, like... It's been long enough for Emma to... Go to a to new... To go to a new... Uh, Adele to go to a new grade. Oh. Uh, I was thinking Emma to get in with... Uh, to shack up with... Yeah, Lise. Lise. Yeah. And also least to have her baby oh can i say the baby's three yeah so it's been a few years it's been a couple years yeah but we see adele from adele's perspective we see at least like she she has the graduation of one class and then Mm -hmm. but yeah it could have been it's been at least a year or something and she meets up with uh, emma in a cafe uh, and they un cafe and they uh it's one coffee please take it back to french one uh yeah i hey i took french too (laughs) And three, and lived in France for a month, and was terrible at French. So, <laughs> I took French one, two, three, and four, and enough French in college to get a minor in it. Wow! And I didn't understand a lick of this movie. Wow! You took more than me, and I understood. I, I think be living in France for about a month will. I'm sure that helps would help. a lot. And I was always much better at reading yeah. french than i was at, everybody like, is it's it much harder to listen to parsing it, it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah much they harder. swallow everything yeah, they swallow say. everything and they talk way faster and it's it's brutal but what reading it's a lot easier uh and, and they pretend that you can't understand americans even when you speak really mediocre french they're like what i don't understand what you're saying i said hot dog motherfucker it's hot dog it's the same in french <laughs> and english hot dog it's the same i said un hot dog please i didn't say please i said merci but I know. Uh, <laughs> thank you. It's been so long. That's a whole. I'm just gonna go ahead and apologize to any French listeners yeah. that we might have or yeah. have picked up for this. Yeah. 
We're not French. No, not at all. Like I said, I spent a month there, but it was, don't remember anything about it. Good hot dogs. I do remember that. I did eventually get one, and it was a very tasty hot dog. They do a thing there where this is brilliant. We should do this in America. They'll take, uh, I don't know how common it is, but this is one of the ones I had there that was really good, is they took a baguette, and they would put them on a metal spike so that it toasted from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And then they'd pull it off the spike, and it was the perfect sized hole for, for a hot dog. dog. And then they would put, like, sauce in it uh-huh. and then put the hot dog in. Mm. And it was perfectly contained, like, in the middle of a baguette. It was so good. That's hot dog. Oh, my gosh. I just want to say how much I love you because I think you're probably the only person in the history of time and the world who's ever said that about France. What? Great hot dogs. Great hot dogs. <laughs> they're, they're more popular over there than you would think. They sell them pretty, uh, pretty many places from my memory. Um, I mean, good food in general. France is really great food, but <laughs> famously, I mean, you know. Well, all right. Um, last question. Uh, so we talked about the cafe. This guy all got off the rails when, about that. Um, they meet up in this cafe years later, uh, and they're talking, and then Adele confesses that she still... Uh, is in love with her and that sort of thing and thinks about her constantly and uh and then they start making out in this cafe and 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 um emma starts like fingering her in the cafe and if 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 you have not seen this movie (sighs) please understand that we are not exaggerating they basically have sex in the middle of this cafe yeah I mean, clothed, but yes, yeah. they are full on rubbing uh, hands in crotches and making out in in a in the middle of this cafe in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. There's people at tables nearby. There's people outside, people everywhere. And again, it's like, oh, the the fierceness of their passion, blah blah. blah. But like, it's wild. Like you guys are in a cafe. It's wild. Does <laughs> uh, that happen in the book? No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> Man, that scene was weird. It was funny. Um, I mean, it's also depressing and sad and, and heartbreaking, but also kind of funny. Um, <laughs> well, the funniest part was after Emma leaves and oh, yeah. then Adele looks up and there's two women at the other table looking at her like... And they give her a look. What? Yeah. We, we kept talking. We kept joking during that scene that the camera's going to pan over and it's just going to be like a couple sitting at the next table, like with these just jaw on the floor staring at them like this is a... We're at a restaurant right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was it for Was That in the Book. Let's go ahead. Uh, I got one question for Lost in Adaptation. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. Wow. Was lost. Yes. Yes. And I want to get unlost as soon as possible. I answered this one because it's not really a Lost in Adaptation that I figured you would get from the book, but it was something we were both wondering about. So I decided to put it here so we could look it up. Tomas... Uh, when they are talking on the bus, says that he's a he's a senior. She's a junior at this point. Mm-hmm. That that's the English translation of it. And, you know, I'm sure they're like different, but um, and uh, he says he's a uh, senior in science, mm-hmm. in the science program or whatever. And I, we were both like, wait a second, do they have do high schoolers in France have like majors or something? Like, what does yeah. that mean? So I looked it up because I wasn't sure. Um, and yes, kind of. So, the final stage of secondary education in France is called Lycée, L-Y-C-E-E. There's an accent, agu, I think, over one of the E's, but acru, agu. I couldn't even tell you which one was which. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Um, The second to last E has an accent mark on it. Uh, And it takes place from the ages of 15 to 18. Uh, Lycée is the, uh, it could be Lycée, I don't know. 
not a pronounce it. Uh, it's, it's the stepping stone to college uh, and to college degrees. And so students focus on one of three categories during that three years of school. They pick either science, economics and social sciences or literature. And that's not so like science encompasses like math, science, mm-hmm. uh, ge- geology, like whatever sort so of. So basically you're picking like a. A focus. Bro- yeah, a focus, like a broad subject. Yeah, like a broad category. Um, and it focuses on groupings of classes that prepare students for college in that specific area. So if you want to go be a chemist, you take the science track mm-hmm. and you're going that way. You take, you know, so it just kind of focuses them before they get to actual university. Um, uh, and in the movie, it's mentioned that Adele's focus was literature because she wants to be a teacher and that has like those kind of things in it. Um, and that Thomas's, uh, Thomas's was science uh, because he was he's good at math or whatever. So yeah. That is what's going on there. If you saw the movie and were wondering, there's your answer. <laughs> there's a, a little a little nugget about the French education yep. system. Um, I don't have anything to add to that except that they had the same majors in the book, so the movie nailed that. There you go. All right, speaking of the book and the movie, I mean, that's all we've been doing. But let's go ahead and talk about what was better in the book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? everything so one big thing that the movie drops is the entire frame story oh which i i guess isn't like the worst thing but i did think that it provided some mystery throughout the book um knowing kind of where the story ended up but having to wait to find out how it gets there so the frame story is emma at adele's parents house and she's reading her diaries adele's diaries after something we don't know what yet but something has happened to adele do you find out we do find out um adele doesn't smoke in the book there's lots of smoking in this movie. Everybody it's very smoked. French. It's very French. Um, but she doesn't <laughs> smoke in the book. It's actually one of the ways that the age difference between them is emphasized. Yeah. It's like Emma's always like lighten up and Adele just doesn't smoke. Although I don't know how accurate that is. I'm pretty sure a lot of French high schoolers smoke. <laughs> I mean, I, a lot of American high schoolers smoke. Fair. <laughs> it's dropped off a lot as it has everywhere over the years. Yeah. But I think in Europe, it's still a significantly higher portion of people smoke than like in america if we made this movie i could be wrong if we told this story now in america they would all vape vape so they would they would have jewels yeah that would be how you'd know the difference is that adele would have a jewel (laughs) and emma would have like a custom like super (laughs) her own custom vape pen yeah god uh it'd have like it would be like a super custom one of those big boxy crazy things and it would be blue like it'd have like a blue canister thing on it. Yeah. <laughs> match her hair yeah oh, checking man. clouds yeah. so the scene after emma's friend kisses her we talked about that um i adele's friend Yes, Adele's yeah. friend excuse me um i in the book she's really really giddy after that happens yeah and it's such a pure and innocent reaction um and she is i think some of that in the movie but i thought the book just captured it better i do agree because in the movie the scene we see is that dinner at dinner that night and Mm -hmm. her mom's like her mom says to her you seem out of it are you okay and then she goes oh you seem happy you must have had a good day but she didn't seem particularly happy in that scene yeah she she just seemed kind of like out of it yeah like tired or something and 
it's the only scene where I thought that I didn't feel like that the 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 acting captured like because she's so brilliant in the rest of the movie like mm-hmm. and, and everybody is but Adele in particular Adele and Emma both in particular are like incredibly good uh and <laughs> she does such a good job but in that scene her mom's like oh you look so happy it is it, it's it's good on you or something I'm like is that is that what her happy looks like she just is there like I don't know she didn't seem but yeah so I, I see what you're yeah. And the book it's depicted where she has like this big grin that stretches across yeah. her face and she just like can't stop smiling. And I thought it was like, even though it doesn't end up good, I yeah. thought it was a really cute, like, like I said, like very pure and innocent kind of reaction yeah. to that. Yeah. In the movie, Adele does not get upset with Emma following the fight with her friends. So in the book, after she has that kind of altercation with her friends, um, with like the one friend in particular, she gets upset and kind of like blames Emma for it. Yeah, that makes sense. And like, oh, you showed up at my school and now all my friends think I'm a lesbian and it's all your fault and blah, blah, blah. And I think there's a truth to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's how a teenager would react, especially one who is confused and scared about their sexuality. For sure. Um. Yeah, and then to follow that, my next note is kind of related to it. There was a lot more back and forth between Adele and Emma before they have sex in the book. Um, a lot more time passes. Adele is at least a little bit older, um, and she's like somewhat more come to terms with the fact that she's attracted to women. Yeah. Than what I felt like the movie implied. Yeah. Um, I thought the movie placing it so close to the fight with her friends at school was, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a little weird. I don't know if it read super well. No, I think she is supposed to be like a senior. I think she's supposed to be 17 when they actually have sex in the movie. At least it was the vibe I got because it's not too long thereafter that she has her 18th birthday. Like in the film, like at least in the timeline of the film. Again, the, the movie jumps time without ever explaining how long it's jumped or anything like that. Yeah, it's hard to tell watching the movie. Sometimes they tell you based on like, oh, how old a character is or, oh, it's been six months since I've seen you or whatever. But in general, the movie doesn't tell you how long it's been since previous scenes. Um, But I I think she is supposed to be like 17. But I do agree that it's not quite a bit, at least from what you're explaining, it it sounds like maybe there's just a little bit more set up for it in the Mm -hmm. preamble for it in the book. Sabine. I believe is how you pronounce her name. Um, Emma's girlfriend that she has at the beginning of the story. Oh, yeah, at the crosswalk? Yeah. Yeah. Um, The girl with the the buzz cut. Yeah. Where, like, super, super short hair. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually buzzed. Anyway, um, so Sabine is also in the book, and there is a lot more to that part of Emma's story. Um, She is very hesitant, doesn't want to break up with Sabine. Um, Adele and Emma kind of carry on an affair for a while. Yeah. Um, And, like, um, Adele has to continually push Emma to do this. Like, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. Why won't you break up with her so that we can just be together? Um, And then when Emma finally does that, Sabine actually confronts Adele and tells her, like, this is just a fling 
Um, she doesn't actually care about you. You're just a piece of ass and all yeah. this horrible stuff, um, which I thought was an important moment for Adele. Yeah. To like realize that, oh, it's not just going to be all sunshine yeah. now that I've gotten what I wanted. But also, I think that's kind of an important thing about Emma, that she was so hesitant to just go ahead and be with Adele. Yeah. And was willing to like basically cheat on her girlfriend yeah with her that is one of the things that i think is interesting in the movie is that i i read the movie as that being the case without the movie ever just showing it in the slightest we know she's with that other girl and i think there's they discuss it at least once or something in the film but the vibe i got is that the first time that they're they have sex that she's still dating like when just watching the movie, that's what I would have assumed is that she's still technically like with or dating because she asked her like, how long have you guys been together? I think she asked her that she does. She asked her that when they're having the picnic. And then yeah, the, the implication in the film is that they have sex that night. So the idea to me is that they're still, they are in fact having an affair. Like that was what I got from the movie is that Emma is having an, having an affair with Adele. Um, I think the actual confrontation scene would have been interesting to have mm-hmm. in the film, but I think the movie does a lot of legwork without ever showing us I just from know. sort of the I, implication. I feel like the movie just kind of forgets Sabine exists after that conversation. Well, I also think that the reason it does that, I would have to assume, is that part of it is the focus is Emma and Adele. Like there, there's not a scene without, uh, there's not a scene in the entire film without one of the two of them, mm-hmm. if not both of them, basically for the whole thing. Um, and at least that until after they break up and the movie's already three hours long. I think it would have been a lot to have a, that extra sort of dynamic going on and to spend a lot more time with that. I think the movie just chose to focus on their specific relationship. Obviously Sabine's a part of that, but, um, I don't know. I thought it worked for me in the film because I did get the vibe that she was having an affair and that there was some tension there. Uh, It just doesn't ever really resolve like it seems to in the book. Yeah. So we talked about what happens with Adele's parents in the book. Um, They disown her. Yeah. uh, Throw her out. That's the catalyst for the rest of the story. I have this under better in the book. I think it would have been rough to watch had it been depicted in the movie but it is a catalyst for the rest of the story and it's the point where the movie diverges from what the book is doing in a big way um not just plot wise but theme wise which i'll talk about in my final verdict but i felt like i needed to include that here in this segment okay and then my final note in this segment is that the book handles time jumps way better than the movie does. We've mentioned it. I struggled with that aspect of the film. It's artsy and whatever, but yeah, I struggled it's... with it. Uh, the book at least has interludes that explain how much time has passed. Yeah. The movie just like one scene she's lying to her parents about Emma and then the next scene like bam they're living together. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't it, I didn't mind it, but I also don't think it adds a lot to the yeah. film to not make it a little more clear like how long things have been. 
like I think there's it, it feels okay it feels very sort of French film filmy to like just not yeah hold our hand on that and explain it because the movie does address the points where it's important about like oh it's been three months or you know months since I've seen you oh you're the baby that from the, a few scenes ago is three years old so it's been three years the movie tells us at times but at the same time like I said earlier that nobody ever looks any different so it's yeah man, that could potentially be intentional I think there's also sort of there's an intention to the sort of timeless like chaotic nature of relationships and how you lose like and I think there is truth to the idea that you know in relationships with people you can lose track of how long all of a sudden you've been together for five years or you've it's been you know when you think at least it's true for me that when I think about past relationships and stuff sometimes you forget how long it's been since a thing you know mm-hmm. since oh it, has it been this you know like time becomes this weird nebulous thing when you hit the your 20s and 30s and stuff and it, it, it doesn't feel as concrete as it does when you're in high school you mm-hmm. know all the way through your education and so maybe that is part of what they're going the director what they're going for there is sort of how when you after you know post secondary education time sort of changes the way we perceive time sort of changes I think there could be an interesting interpretation of the film in that way. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily better, you know, like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how effective it is or good it is, but it's, it's interesting. And it's at least something to, to you know, when you're watching it, that the first time you're not sure, like, wait, what's going on. And then it kind of clicks. It reminded me a little bit of like the Witcher <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> we're like, Oh, this happened before all the rest of this other stuff. That was a way more satisfying click for me. I agree. I don't disagree that that's way more satisfying. I'm just saying I think it's a similar kind of thing. Um, and I, 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 it's all right. But I, I would have been fine also if the movie had been more explicit with how long things had been since other things. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and talk about what was better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. The name change of the main character, I think, was a good choice. Uh, Adele's name is Clementine in the book we mentioned. Uh, Clementine is an interesting name. I think Adele is more real sounding no offense to any clementines out there yeah um i I think it also has kind of a romantic sound to it adele it's more timeless yeah um it's also the actress's name (laughs) which may have been intentional like potentially Mm -hmm. i think this is one of her first roles that actress i'm fairly certain i could be wrong about that and so that may have been uh, there may have been some other reason playing into why Mm -hmm. that that also feels like a very like weird, creepy director thing to do. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. You know, like you're the the ingenue of your story, like her character being named after this actress that you found for this role, feels possible. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I could I could imagine that being the case. Uh, there are a few random scenes from the movie that I have here that I really enjoyed. Um, 
for what they were and also just like aesthetically um i liked the scene where emma sketches adele on the park bench i liked the scene where they go to the museum together i always love a good museum scene good museum scene is always fun um and i liked that the movie showed them going to pride together oh yeah yeah they do go to pride together yeah which I'm betting that's also was actually pride. I mean, clearly it was. There was way too many extras for that not to be. <laughs> yeah. There was like hundreds of people yeah. there. But yeah. I can't imagine filming something like that. Just like out in the middle of pride with like all your camera equipment. Yeah. But anyway. Well, the, the nature of the, the visual style of this film lent itself to that kind of shooting. That's true. Because it's yeah. all, the entire film is handheld. There's not a locked down shot unless I'm misremembering in the entire film. If there is, it might be when she's sleeping, but I don't even think then, because um, there's continue. There's like a recurring shots of her sleeping. And those are the only ones that I can't remember. There's both recurring shots of her of, of like a full body shots of her sleeping and a close ups of her face. I know the face shots were handheld. I, don't, I think everything in the movie was handheld. Um, so it it lends itself to going out and shooting at real events mm-hmm. uh, especially in 2013 because you could get very high quality cameras that aren't super gigantic you know yeah so you can true. carry around and follow people but there is a scene in the book where the girls talk at a park and i liked that the movie took that and kind of made the park their place yeah that's a, a scene um a setting that we see throughout the mm-hmm. movie I liked that we had dinner with Emma's parents. We don't really meet her family in the book. They're mentioned. We see them briefly, but we don't really get to interact with them or spend any time with them. So I thought that was nice, interesting. Um, And I also, I did enjoy the movie's emphasis on the difference between their backgrounds. Like I said, that's something that wasn't present in the book. Um, I especially thought it was interesting to use like their chosen careers as an avenue for exploring that. Um, The book makes that minor mention of Emma being in art school. And then um, the movie turns that into, uses that to turn her into like an artsy academic elitist type. Um, And then it takes a minor plot point of Emma having a job as a teacher later on in the book and makes that her passion and i thought that was like really good mining of the source material yeah it also gives us really grounded and interesting um places to take the characters later like after they break up uh we get to see both of them living their own lives Mm -hmm. in a way that is that's not just them because we know what their what their passions are and that sort of thing it makes sense to then watch them continue to live their lives post-relationship in the movie. Yeah. Like yeah. And, and like seeing Adele um, struggling through the day as a teacher while being just emotionally wrecked and that sort of thing. And later seeing um, Emma, her art being presented in a gallery and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense and was really interesting. And also it, it, it comes back to that class thing because... We'll talk about it here in a second when we get to odds and ends. But yeah, that I, I was really, just really well done. Um, that, that juxtaposition between these two characters. And it also creates a lot of conflict between them that felt realistic and came from a place. I guess that's the other thing in this movie. None of the, none of the, like, their falling out in their relationship isn't because of, like, a wacky, or even not wacky, isn't because of, like, a stereotypical film, like, misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Or anything like that, you know, like the sort of classic, like, 
rom-com or even like romantic film like yeah we, we broke up because oh you saw me doing this thing that wasn't actually what you thought or oh we just aren't talking to each other i mean it is kind of we just aren't talking to each other but it's like a realistic like mm-hmm. slow drifting because of one's interests versus the other person's interests and also the weird snobbery of emma and not yeah it's just it, it's this very complex nuanced relationship that when it falls apart makes perfect sense that it falls apart <laughs> yeah i agree all right let's talk about a couple things that the movie nailed as i expected practically perfect in every way um these are both kind of the same note <laughs> i i thought everybody in the movie actually looked quite similar to their illustrations in the book oh, okay. um even minor minor characters like, post Tomas, some like yeah I, I will post some side by sides um and like emma obviously the blue hair but she also she wore that like a newsboy cap mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and she has that in the book um adele at the beginning of the movie dresses kind of similar to how she does in the book like she has like the turtlenecks underneath like the heavier jacket that kind of layered look yeah, yeah. i thought yeah i thought it so i thought it did a good job with that does so, like, so adele wear her hair up in a like a high ponytail she does not initially but okay. she does like a little bit when like during her senior year because that is she wears it up like that. how she wears her hair like 90 percent of the film i know until later like when time has passed but like that's her whole like high school and like her, post high school look dirty hair her dirty constantly yeah like it's just she's never washed it over the course of the film that we've seen she goes in the ocean that time that's the only time it gets that in the water was the cleanest her hair was throughout the entire film i'm sorry i don't mean to be like elitist about this but girl's hair was greasy it was a little but it's it's i we talked about it in the film but it's it's very uh she's an ingenue it's the look it's like the she always has it in a top ponytail and she's constantly pulling it and it's always just everywhere like it's yeah. just everywhere all the time because she's everywhere all the time like her hair is her like it's it's symbolism it's, it's art <laughs> all right let's go ahead and do a few odds and ends i thought that opening this movie with having everyone be reading a novel that mirrors the themes of the story took this to a very teen coming of age movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very common trope in coming yeah. of age teen movies. Yeah. Oh, we're reading Romeo oh, and Juliet. Oh, we just happen to be reading whatever. Yeah. In a, Rome, in a film where, Romeo in a film and Juliet the, is where, the most common one. Where the one. quarterback falls in love with the nerdy girl. Yeah. From across the tracks, we're just also reading Romeo and Juliet. I took it to a really American place. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, so you talked about the length of the graphic novel and versus the fact that this is a three-hour movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Fascinating fact that I was going to share in the prequel that I obviously didn't get to, uh, which is wild to me, is that uh, this supposedly, according to Wikipedia, they shot 800 hours of film. That's so many hours. In the course of filming this movie. Uh, that's a, a completely nuts ratio. Um, that's So the film's three hours long, uh, which is a long film. 
but 800 hours. Here's here's an example. Let me put this in in sort of context for people who don't understand what the ratio means and and that sort of thing. So when you're shooting a film, you obviously shoot a lot more film than you actually end up using sure. in your movie. Um, if you're shooting on actual film, that ratio is usually less because film is ex- more expensive. If you're shooting on some sort of digital format, it will balloon up because digital is a lot cheaper to shoot on. But uh, I don't know for sure if this was shot on film or video. I'm not actually positive. But uh, here's the thing. Um Here's some other examples of like films that had gigantic shooting ratios. Mad Max Fury Road shot 480 hours. That movie's 120 minutes, two hours long. But Mad Max Fury Road, if you remember, if you've seen Mad Max Fury Road, is a chaotic, crazy movie with millions of action scenes and mm-hmm. tons of stuff going on. So it obviously requires lots of takes and lots of other things going on, that sort of thing. Um, that's a 240 to 1 ratio, which means they shot two for every 240 minutes of film they shot, one minute of film made it into the movie. That's a very high ratio. Like a standard, like typical standard ratio ballpark is like 10 to 1 in that range. Like 10 minutes of footage you shoot, one minute makes it into the movie in that ballpark. Uh, Gone Girl, which we've also done, or which we've done, 500 hours. 149 minutes film. That's a 201 to 1 ratio. The Martian, 250 hours to 144 minutes. That's 104 to 1. Apparently, Deadpool, uh, this is according to one article that I read online, was the highest uh, ratio film of all time. Uh, And they shot 555 hours, and the film is 108 minutes, which that is a 308 to 1 ratio. Did the math, 800 hours of footage for a 180-minute film is a 266 to 1 ratio. So it's not quite as much as Deadpool, but it is higher than all of those other films that we mentioned. And that is just for a movie where it's just people sitting around talking. 800 (laughs) hours is like a month of filming. Oh, they filmed for like a year or something. But like like solid altogether, 800 hours divided by 24, that's like a couple days more than a month. Yeah. Yeah, they filmed this for like I believe I, th- I read it was like eighteen months or something over the course of like eighteen months they filmed this. Movie. That's so much. That's so many hours. But that's part of the reason that I think they absolutely went to a real protest and went to a real pride parade and went to all these things and yeah. then shot three hours while they're there or whatever and used thirty seconds of it in the movie. So, yeah, you know, it's true. Anyways, I thought that was fascinating. Uh, Adele's friend with the bangs and the chin. Oh, the, the the jerky one? One of the jerky ones? She had big, annoying energy. She did have I real knew it, annoying like, energy. As soon as they showed her on oh. screen, I was like, oh, she's the annoying friend. Perfect casting. And then I freaking called it. We all had that one friend who insisted on making every interaction with the opposite sex about fucking, and she's that friend. <laughs> she is that friend. She Adele, poor Adele, goes on one date with Tomas, and her friends like, "Oh, did you fuck him? You guys did you fuck him? You guys, you guys fucked, fucked, didn't you? Didn't you? I can tell you guys fucked." I'm gonna need Shut you to be up. a little less horny on Maine right now. Just like <laughs> dial it back a touch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. One of the things that I was reminded of watching this movie is just how much it... It's the reason it won the Palme d'Or and that uh, the both of the main actresses got so many accolades and awards and stuff for this film is that it, this whole movie is close-ups. Mm-hmm. The entire... Like, there's... 
everything is close-ups and extreme close-ups like where it's literally just like chin to forehead like it's all we're looking at for most of the movie and that requires so much of your actors like it just you, they can never be off like it has to be everything it just have to be on completely at all times and it's also a lot of like crying and and it's intense emotion like it's you know and it's just blown away by how impressive how good the performances are consider especially considering how much of the movie is like extreme close up is is kind of wild to me um and it also helps when you shoot 800 hours of film you got a lot of yeah <laughs> a lot of takes probably at it but uh. so the scene when they're at the bar and Emma orders a drink for Adele Adele yeah and she orders her a strawberry milk. I looked it up. Just strawberry it's milk. It's just strawberry milk? Because I was like, okay, is that a weird French drink? Because the same thing happens in the book. She orders her a strawberry milk. Or are they just ordering strawberry milk at a bar because, ew. Yeah, that's really weird and gross. I couldn't find anything. I googled quite a few things of like strawberry milk drink, strawberry milk alcoholic, strawberry milk France. Like I tried like a bunch of different things. I couldn't find anything. There are recipes for like alcoholic strawberry milk, but mm-hmm. they're all just like add vodka to it or whatever, you know, like it's not, they weren't like real oh, things. Gosh. I don't think you could even pay me enough to order like anything cream based at a bar I've, or like dairy based. Yeah, I've had a, I think I've had a white Russian at a bar once, but it, that's the only thing I've ever, and even then I, a lot of times they'll use like a dry, like a non-dairy yeah. creamer, but yeah, it's, it's weird. It's very weird. It's I'm not not a fan of that. <laughs> I was not about it. Um, I also thought it was really I was really impressed by how economical the storytelling is, and that's hilarious in the fact that it's a three hour movie. But that being said, it the beginning of the movie we learn such an incredible amount about Adele in like the first fifteen minutes of the film, and it's all from like super simple and quick interactions, and we jump right into her sort of. I just within 30 minutes we know so much about Adele and like her insecurities and like sort of the dynamics of the relationships between her and Tomas and her and her friends and her insecure like I said her insecurities all these things and it's I think that only works because of how good the performances are like mm-hmm. how good her performance is and everybody is is that she does such a good job that we can get all of that and, and it's just it's really well crafted screenplay um in terms of like what we see when and how uh but it's it's just sort of blew my mind at how good it is at telling such a compelling story with in such a short amount of time with actually like a very small amount of dialogue at times too it's i don't know it's I, i said it earlier but i i i know this movie has a lot of problems uh especially contextually but i think it's just incredibly brilliant film like in terms of the, the 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 art of filmmaking and how it tells its story and the performances in it, it's it it. I thought the same thing the first time I saw it. and I thought the same thing this time. It just kind of blew. It kind of continuously blows me away at how good everything in it is. <laughs> in term and not everything. How good <laughs> the elements of it that are really good. How good those elements are is it, really stunning to me. I have a note in here about the movie working in a dig at people watching it with subtitles, but I don't remember what that was. I don't remember that either. So, 
I might have glanced down Shrug. to take a note while that <laughs> that line came through because I don't remember that at all. So if anybody else remembers <laughs> that, I could not tell you what that note means now. All right, we mentioned it earlier, but I guess we can get back now. This is where I had it in my notes here to sort of get back to the problematic power age imbalance of our two main characters, um, particularly in the film uh, and in the book, because they're also still a similar age difference, if not maybe... If, if Adele's maybe not quite as young, we're not sure. But in the movie, we think she's in the 16 to 17 age range, which, again, she's technically, quote-unquote, uh, of consenting age, I think, in France and, and in most of America, even. I think 16 is seven, whatever. So, but there is definitely, regardless of whatever, like, the legal consenting age is, there's definitely a problematic and uncomfortable age imbalance between and, and power dynamic imbalance between Adele and Emma. At least to me, it felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a, it's a story that I feel is common. It's a, it's a, a story element that I think is common in a lot of LGBT stories, or at least it seems to me as a not part of that community. It's a story that I see a lot is the younger LGBT person being, shepherded into the lifestyle by the older more experienced yeah lgbt person i mean i i've i've noted that trope as well yeah um to me I it don't, feels like a trope but yeah i don't i don't know if it's maybe as common as we might perceive it to be i don't know I think maybe in like quote unquote straight media it is. I don't. Yeah, like mainstream. Like mainstream. I guess yeah. that's what I'm saying is that. Um, but it feels I to do me like think that that is potentially, um, I. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say symptom because that sounds bad. Um, no, I think. But I think I that's maybe like a natural consequence consequence maybe symptom of of a culture where of of a culture where younger people are not encouraged to explore that aspect of themselves where you really do need someone who's already a member of that community and has already kind of figured it out to show you that acceptance to kind of take you by the hand and like okay here 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 are your people yeah yeah, and and the here's her people thing is one thing. It's when it the the thing that makes it uncomfortable to me in this film is that if if Emma had just shown her this community and was like, mm-hmm. "Look, you can be free. Go be a free gay with the rest of us," but she she's like, "Go be a free gay. I'm gonna have sex with you." That's where it feels yeah like there's a potentially problematic imbalance of like. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's uh, to me feels, and I I don't know. Again, this is I got to preface all this um, by saying that obviously I'm not a part. Of, it's a community that I don't have an experience in. It's not a lived experience that I know anything about, and and so I can't comment on how those power balance imbalances or or what you know those power dynamics play and how it feels and 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 everything. There's power dynamics in everything. It's complicated, like you know, in terms of consent and all that sort of stuff becomes very muddy in certain in certain situations it can become very muddy where power dynamics aren't as clear mm-hmm. where again she has no actual like power over her like she's not her boss she's not her you know she's just another person and they're both of legal consenting age so by god's graces go you know do whatever yeah. but there is still i think something to be discussed and i would feel the same way i think about at least i, I think i would um in older 
an older woman came up to a, a 17 year old dude in a bar and was like, like let me and and this I, is a thing that society at large is like cool with i'm saying i feel the same way about that feeling like the weird power dynamic is still there in the same way honestly that, and i don't know what this says about me i feel more uncomfortable with it if it's a heterosexual relationship i agree either way i don't disagree i actually feel more uncomfortable with it in, in, in a hetero uh in a hetero relationship because like you said going back to what you said earlier that because of the sort of underground closeted nature yeah. of society in terms of lgbt relationships they we there is that that consequence is that they tend that they could tend to have like you need a guide you need a guide and that sort of yeah. thing whereas that's not the case with heterosexual relationships it's very common for young people to just you know heterosexual young people to just engage in sex together like it's totally like accepted part of society uh, relatively speaking um so i agree with that that it is actually potentially even more problematic in a in a heterosexual context um i don't know if it's more or uh, less problematic yeah but i think it, when, when it is in a heterosexual context it makes me more uncomfortable right i think there's a maybe a louder alarm bell yeah. um yeah i agree i do think I think you're right in kind of keying into this particular story being less about like Emma being like, let me introduce you to the LGBT community. And it's more about like sex. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I I think the age difference is something to consider. I think that's something that you should take into account when you're thinking about how you feel about this story yeah you know and whether you land on that age difference creates a power dynamic that makes me uncomfortable or whether you land on it's not really that big of an age gap and i'm okay with it yeah for whatever for what i'd be okay with it for another reason maybe you know but i do think it is something to that should be considered yeah and i guess the part of it is that adds to that adds to my sort of unease potentially is not is the age gap is one thing, but also because, and I think it's explicitly the nature of their conversation. The first time they meet is that Emma is so clearly aware of Adele's naivete Mm -hmm. and, and, and newness to this whole thing that that can feel predatory. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. It is, it, yeah. It's a conversation that when you, when you put that conversation then into the larger context, I think that does make it markedly more uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But because yeah, I don't have a problem necessarily like with, like, yeah. It, it's just, it's complicated. Um, but I think the other thing that is interesting to keep in mind in the movie is that the movie their relationship doesn't work out. Yeah. And so it it doesn't ever the movie never explicitly says like oh. It doesn't work out because they had an imbalanced power dynamic and that it was slightly abusive potentially and that's why it doesn't work out. But it does say they're not compatible people for numerous reasons, one of which being age a little bit to mainly being like their class and their interests is like sort of more important mm-hmm. than that. Um, and again, class in a loose sense They're But like they're... Um, like socioeconomic status ish. Yeah. 
background. So, so, like background and like and potentially like their like uh, uh, education, like their mm-hmm. their educational background, like that. The, Emma has very like heady pretentious art conversations and i mean we see numerous times throughout the film that that just doesn't interest mm-hmm. adele like this is not her like sitting and talking about what the lines in a, an art piece evoke in her is not interesting to her like she just doesn't care about that and that's a huge that's like all that uh, emma is about like she's an artist and <laughs> yeah. all of her friends that's like all they talk about so uh, you see that dynamic and that's that's sort of what causes a lot of tension but I think it is worth pointing out that in the movie that their relationship doesn't work out. And you could read that as at least some commentary. Again, divorcing this from the director. You could read that as some commentary on the fact that their relationship did not start in the healthiest of ways. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? I think you could read it like that. So. <sighs> okay. Speaking of problematic. Mm-hmm. Not to be prude or anything, but I really hate that I now know that the director, Abdelatif Kashish, is an ass man. Oh, yeah. I hate that I now know that. I hate it so much, it's, viscerally in my soul. Uh, yeah. I hate it. It's the same way you, you sort of feel about uh, Tarantino and the fact that he realized very quickly yeah, he is very into feet. Yeah. Yeah. I hate <laughs> Very into feet. <laughs> I, hate, I didn't need to know that. Nah. Nah. And I like a good butt, but yeah, you don't. He, boy, I mean, it's it's a lot in the movie. Um, a lot of butts. It's one of the first things I noticed that felt very male gazy in the movie to me was the first time we see Adele sleeping. She sleeps like on her. She sleeps like a high school. Like she's like on her stomach, but like with a leg up. Yeah, and like, like just like haphazardly. Yeah. But she's wearing like I don't know, like yoga pants or something. And her her butt is like the f- central focus of the shot. And it's and we see that shot numerous times throughout the course of the film. Her sleeping that way with that same focus on her butt, and it. I just hate uh, so much that I know that about him. Yeah. I re- I didn't need to know anything about him. Nope. Really didn't need to know that. Nope. But you know that now. I know it now. And yep. I can never unknow it. And it is one of those things that's really wild because in the scene, the, the part where it becomes most obvious is when they're at the museum and every statue is just... We, it's, it's just a butt shot. It's just a butt shot. And it's like, there are other... Women have other body parts, bro. Like I get, I get the point of like the sexuality of this date that they're on, and like the sensuality and trying to showcase that in the scene, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. like the sexually tension, the sexual tension of going and uh, to a, an art museum in, in a new relationship can be very titillating or whatever. But it's just butts. It's just showing butts over and over again. It's like show a different part of. Or not, I guess, man. You do show you me do. some statue titty or something, right? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it's just it, there's so much focus on the butt explicitly that it does feel that it becomes very apparent that we're watching that because that's what he wants to show, not because it's like not because relevant it's relevant or, or important or meaningful. Yeah, he just is into butts. Yeah, because if you want to do the same thing. And do well, like I said, make that that the sort of the sensuality of that scene. Focus on other elements of it, like there's like 
I can even like the exact thing I can think of that would be perfect for this is like those 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 statues where I think it's particularly a Bernini, but lots of marble or whatever, where like somebody's holding somebody and mm-hmm. their fingers are like yeah, the way they are sculpt like kind of where it looks like they're digging into the flesh and a it's little incredibly bit. sensual mm-hmm. and it's incredibly impressively yes. sculpted out of marble show that yeah i mean you could show a butt too but like show, show that butt. you could show hands you could show breasts as lips. i mentioned you could show lips eyes you could show the neck hair you could show like the he's kind also of, really into like, hair fold over at the waist yeah. you could show that part no only butts only butts that's again that's a very uh adept uh critique of the male gaze uh, in particular his male gaze of this film yeah um i think for sure yeah the butt and nothing but. So uh, when I was doing some more research for this, uh, for the prequel, uh, Leah Sedu, Sedu, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, she's Emma in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that shooting this film made her consider, I believe was her exact word that I read in this in this particular interview, made her consider her sexuality, but that she had no revelation. And that was all I saw on Wikipedia, and it, I don't know if she ever expanded on that in other interviews. Um, she is married to a man now. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that implies, you know, plenty of <laughs> people who are attracted to whatever sex can be married to whatever gender, or that are attracted <laughs> to whatever gender can be married to whatever gender. But I think it is interesting. I find I find it fascinating that you could be in a film like this, and especially film the scenes that they filmed for this movie and, 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 and go, I had no revelation revelation about my, about my, like my, my, my sexuality. I mean, it sounds to me like she questioned it and didn't find anything wanting. So that's fair. And it's also just a very coy way to not answer the question. Potentially that's like true. just yeah. keep it personal. Like I, yeah. it's not, I don't need to discuss it with some interviewer. That's fair. <laughs> um, I get, that's totally fair. I just, it, it's, you know, I don't know. It's interesting to me. Um, I thought the movie did a better job of aging up Emma than it did Adele. We talked about it a little bit. I, I like, I get that it was easy to just take away the blue hair. Yeah. And give her like a more slightly, prof- like a shorter, yeah, more like a kind haircut. of older looking haircut. Yeah. But Adele basically doesn't change no. like at all. And they comment on it numerous yeah. times about how like, oh, your hair's different. And it's like, is it it's though? Like, oh, she's wearing it down now. Yeah. All right. It's That's a pretty lazy that... change. And it's not even that different. Like she just has it back. But it's still like the same flyaway, yeah. carefree mess in the front that it has been the whole film, where it's just like covering her face and like, you know, it's it's that like care. That's the other thing that I could tell. Uh, I watching it, you could, I could, I, you, I couldn't help but feel that that shot in particular of her sleeping. I could just feel how gross the director was in that moment because it. But I, I think there's something there he's going he was going for in terms of like even when she's sleeping, like she's so I think his and I think it's a very shitty masculine weird thing to think. But I think he was like, Oh, it, she's so effortlessly sexy that like that's why her hair is always a mess. That's why she you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's that fucking gross, like I don't even know how I to feel, describe it. I but. feel like what you're getting at here is that if this director 
instead of being a film director, were a novelist, he would feature frequently on the Twitter account Men Write Women. Yes, yes, yeah. And the word pert would be in many yeah. of his books. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 that, which there is something captivating and there is some truth to the idea of people who are like effortlessly attractive and why that can be so appealing. Like I I can get what I think he was going for, but there is still something about it that feels very gross in the way it's portrayed. Um, And I I think part of it, and part of that for sure is that the, the character that he's, that I can feel him, describing that about or or that i can feel him choosing to depict in that way is a 16 year old high school student like yep yep yeah i only have one more note um the last note is also about the director kind of uh i thought and i mentioned earlier but there is a grand irony to me of someone making this movie in the way that this movie was made which is an incredibly it's pretentious it's an accessible pretentious french film it's not completely like it's not completely unreachable it's not unreachable it's not like it's not like french new wave cinema that's like i get it but like not for me like Mm -hmm. this movie you can watch and enjoy like i i think like barring some of the more intense um i think barring like a lot of the intense like hardcore sexuality of the film like most people's parents could watch this movie if they weren't bothered by like um if they weren't put off by the the, by the uh non-heterosexual relationships Mm -hmm. like i think like uh, an older audience that wasn't super media savvy or it doesn't have to be older but anybody who's not super media savvy could watch this movie maybe a little long and and get something (laughs) out of it um whereas some like french new wave and stuff uh, i don't know if they could but it is fascinating to me that you can make a movie sort of this pretentious uh, and have a major theme of that film, of the film, be a critique of art culture and like how pretentious it is. And then, and like the film, like ultimately identifies with its working class protagonist over the pretentious art elitist. Yeah. Is so fascinating and like interesting to me that again the meta narrative of this movie is eternally fascinating and horrifying to me in a way that i it's one of the reasons i think this movie is just so brilliant um sort of is just because yeah it's so strange it's like that's a huge point of the movie is everybody who's like a pretentious artsy person in this movie nothing doesn't really come across great Mm -hmm. they're not like bad but they're the (laughs) movie is judging them yeah and yeah. I'm like, but the movie's judging them in a pretentious art movie. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> it's super wild. And I, I, I love that weird uh, irony. It's, 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 it's French. Very French, that irony is. But I like it. And I, I, I could appreciate that. It's one of the other things I love about the movie. All right. So my last note here. This is the pettiest complaint that I think I've ever had about a book. There are several scenes in the book with characters crying, as there are in the movie. And it would appear that 
I mean, this is the only French graphic novel that I've read, but it would appear that the convention is to indicate that crying with boo-hoo, B-O-U-H-O-U, written in giant letters (laughs) throughout the frames. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo, just splashed across the frames. I'm so sorry. I could not take this seriously. Yeah, that I can... You have to share that too. Yeah. <laughs> boohoo. But French. Yeah. Boohoo. 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 Uh, <laughs> cry, cry. The the subtitles say uh, it's the little asterisk. <laughs> Cries in French. <laughs> Close asterisk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. All right, let's do it. Uh, it's time for the final verdict. Now, uh, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. All right, strap in. I'm about to go off. Back up from the mic. So anyone who's read the book knows that there is a major plot change that I haven't mentioned that yet. And I held off on that because I wanted to discuss it here. Adele, I'm going to continue to call her Adele. It's Clementine in the book, but we're going to continue with Adele. Adele is dead at the end of the book. Whoa. Technically throughout, since the frame story is Emma reading Adele's diaries after she's passed. But in the book... After the girls break up, it's revealed that Adele has developed a prescription drug problem. The girls do eventually reconcile, but then Adele has a heart attack mid-orgasm. How did this filmmaker not include that? (laughs) That's the most French thing I've ever heard! Sorry, continue. And to your point, (laughs) I am really really glad that he did not try to tell that story i think that it would have come off as terrible and maudlin and just awful but in the book it works and to just like kind of add on here real quick lest anyone accuse me of supporting an icky trope Gays can bury their gaze. Okay? That's an exploration of trauma. It's not a trope. It's a trope when straight people do it. Just get that one thing cleared out right now. And I think that brings us to the biggest, most sweeping change that was made during the transition from book to film, which is a change to the story's very core. Blue is the Warmest Color, the movie, is a coming-of-age story about a girl who falls for another girl and that ends up being a big part of her journey. But now, we talked about this a little bit last night, and I think you might be right. I think you could replace one of the girls with a boy and change a few of the scenes slightly, and it would still basically be the same movie. Her sexuality is the point, but it also very much isn't. In contrast, Blue is the Warmest Color, the book, 
is a queer story, lesbian story, gay story. I know not everybody likes the word queer. I like it as an umbrella term for kind of that nebulousness that you can often find with sexuality. Um, but whatever you want to call it, it is that story. And everything in the story is colored by Adele reacting to other characters and situations reacting to her sexuality. After the fight with her classmates, she tries to ignore her feelings a long time, but she can't. She is disowned by her parents, which is something that she is never able to grapple with, and ultimately that takes her down a path that she can't return from. The reason in the book that Adele and Emma grow apart is because Emma is political and outspoken about her sexuality, while Adele prefers it to be something that is private and intimate. This is a story about a girl who tries to discover her authentic self, but is ultimately crushed by a world that just won't allow it. And now the film might be a lauded work of problematic art. That's great. But if I'm given the choice between that and a story that is told by an authentic voice, I have to choose the authentic voice. And for that reason, I'm giving this one to the book. All right. That's going to do it. I don't have anything to add. I'm not going to even try to. As always, you can do us the giant favor of going to patreon.com slash this film is lit and supporting us for however much you want. Uh, you get access to different things at different levels, um, but you can go check that out at patreon.com slash this film is lit. You can also do us a giant favor uh, and uh, give us a review. Go to iTunes and uh, or not. Is it still iTunes? I don't even know. I think it's Apple technically Podcasts, Apple whatever. Podcasts now, but... Uh, go give us a five-star rating and a write-up a review on whatever Apple Podcast thing um, or whatever. Uh, that's a huge help. We're up to 70 ratings, which is not bad. So, uh, and then we have a five-star rating. Ooh. We had one four-star review and then 69. Nice. Five-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, that would be super helpful. You can also follow us on all of the social media, Facebook, uh twitter instagram goodreads uh yeah i think that's it that's it and uh katie what's next up next we are going to be getting started on our summer series this is it if you're you're following us on social media you already know what we're doing by the time you're hearing this oh no you won't no you won't i was just about to say we will be putting out because we're not announcing a teaser oh we'll be putting out a teaser tomorrow on our social media that will definitely tell you what the summer series is going to be we're both really excited about it i already i already started reading it we cannot wait to share this journey with you guys (laughs) it's going to be very exciting uh we're still figuring out what exactly we're going to do for it because for our other ones we've had differing levels of uh we've both read all of them uh, so our previous summer series were Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Uh, we had both already previously read both of those. Um, and in this particular instance, uh, that's not the case, but we are both reading them this time. Um, one of us is rereading, uh, and the other one is reading for the first time. And, uh, yeah, so you can look for that teaser tomorrow. Uh, I think it's gonna be exciting. We are, like I said, gonna try to come up with something, a sort of different spin or some segment to kind of augment like we have had in our summer segments or summer series where we've had a guest host or guest questions. We're going to try to figure out something. Mm -hmm. We may not. It may just be us sitting here talking about this series for 
three hours per episode. That'll be fine too. I think people will enjoy <laughs> it because it's a it's a saucy series. For lack of better. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to do it uh, for this. Now people are going to think it's Fifty Shades of Grey because I said saucy series. It's maybe. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Until that time, next next week, when we have our prequel episode for our first summer series episode, until that time, guys, gals, non-binary, everybody else, especially everybody else during this Pride Month, I've said it before, I'd like to say it again, we want this to be a safe space for you. We 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 love and appreciate everybody here, all of our cornucopia of human beings, regardless of your gender, your non-gender, your sexuality, your non-sexuality. Whatever it is, we love you. You're valid. We see you. We appreciate you. And we're glad you're along for the ride. Um, so go out and, uh, I don't know, live your life. Be the USD you be can the be. Be the USD you can be, whatever that, whatever that is. Uh, yeah. Oh, keep reading books. No, <laughs> let's switch it up. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. Keep, keep being, being awesome. awesome. <laughs>